European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 42, Issue 14, Focus Issue, Ischemic Heart Disease, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Filippo Crea, read to you by Morgan Bryan. Guidelines on myocardial infarction, novel therapeutic targets in post-infarction remodeling, and a debate on ischemia trial. This focus issue on ischemic heart disease contains the 2020 ESC guidelines for the management of acute coronary syndromes in patients presenting without persistent ST segment elevation. The Task Force for the Management of Acute Coronary Syndromes in Patients Presenting Without Persistent ST Segment Elevation of the European Society of Cardiology, or ESC, supplied by the ESC Scientific Document Group. In surveys among patients with myocardial infarction, or MI, the proportion of those with non-ST elevation MI, or NSTEMI, increased from one-third in 1995 to more than half in 2015, mainly accounted for by a refinement in its operational diagnosis. The use of early angiography increased from 9% in 1995 to 60% in 2015 while the utilisation of percutaneous coronary interventions, or PCI, during the initial hospital stay, increased from 12.5% to 67%. These changes were associated to a reduction in six-month mortality from 17.2% to 6.3%. The publication of previous guidelines and their positive impact on daily clinical practice probably played a key role in promoting these remarkable improvements. These new guidelines build upon the extraordinary trajectory of success. Alongside the guidelines, we also publish in this issue two companion documents. Firstly, the Questions and Answers on Antithrombotic Therapy and Revascularization Strategies in Non-ST Elevation Acute Coronary Syndrome, as well as the Questions and Answers on Workup Diagnosis and Risk Stratification. The issue continues with a special article entitled To Stent or Not to Stent, Treating Angina After Ischemia. In spite of all the success of coronary bypass grafting and PCI, debates and doubts on their effectiveness in patients with coronary syndromes continues. Specifically, the following questions were asked again and again. Do revascularization procedures such as cabbage and PCI really improve symptoms of angina pectoris? Do these procedures improve outcomes as well, i.e. do they prevent myocardial infarction and premature death? The ischemia trial brought an important contribution to this debate. In this debate, the editors of the European Heart Journal present two different but complementary views by highly respected experts in the field, while Bernard Gersh and Deepak Bakht in their contribution the impact of ischemia trial on the indications for angiography and revascularization in patients with stable coronary artery disease lean more towards an interventional reading of the data. William Bowden and Peter Stone present in their contribution why a conservative approach with optimal medical therapy is the preferred initial management strategy for chronic coronary syndromes, a more conservative view. Estimation of pretest probability, or PTP, of disease in patients with suspected coronary artery disease, or CAD, is challenging. 
due to decreasing prevalence of obstructive CAD in patients referred to for diagnostic testing, the European Society of Cardiology suggested a new pretest probability 2019 ESC PTP model. In a clinical research article entitled Validation of the European Society of Cardiology Pretest Probability Model for Obstructive Coronary Artery Disease, Simon Winther from the Godstrop Hospital in Herning, Denmark, and colleagues sought to validate that model. Symptomatic patients referred for coronary computed tomography angiography, or CTA, due to suspected CAD in a geographical uptake area of 3.3 million inhabitants, were included. The reference standard was a combined endpoint of CTA and invasive coronary angiography with obstructive CAD defined at invasive coronary angiography. As a greater than or equal to 50% diameter stenosis or fractional flow reserve less than or equal to 0.80 when performed. The 2019 ESC PTP, 2013 ESC PTP, and the CAD Consortium PTP basic scores were all calculated based on age, sex, and symptoms. Of the more than 42,000 identified patients, coronary stenosis was detected in 8.8%, and the 2019 ESC PTP model was superior to the 2013 ESC PTP and the CAD consortium basic score. The authors conclude in this large real-world cohort, the 2019 ESC PTP model is nicely calibrated to the prevalence of obstructive CAD detected by a combined endpoint of CTA and invasive measurements. When comparing to other predictive models for CAD, the CAD consortium basic model overestimated the prevalence of obstructive CAD, and the 2013 ESC PTP model markedly overestimated the prevalence of CAD. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Udo Schechtem from the Robert Bosch Krankenhauser in Stuttgart, Germany, and colleagues. They note that one of the consequences of the low 2019 ESC PTP values for the presence of obstructive CAD confirmed in the work of Winther et al. is that further testing for the presence of ischemia by cardiac stress imaging or for the presence of coronary artery stenosis by CTA may not be beneficial in the majority of patients with chest pain. Indeed, from Table 2A, available in the print version of this text, one can calculate that 83% of the patients studied by Winther et al., had a PTP of less than 15%. Such patients have a cumulative incidence of hard coronary events, such as CAD death or non-fatal myocardial infarction, of approximately 1% over three years. It's difficult to see how this low number of hard events in the large group of patients with stable symptoms and with low PTP values could be further lowered by coronary interventions. Myocardial infarction, or MI, and heart failure are the leading causes of human death worldwide. Despite current treatment, mortality and heart failure due to MI are still substantial. MI causes marked loss of functional cardiomyocytes, which is the fundamental pathological process that triggers heart failure. Experimental studies over the last few decades have identified complex signal transduction processes regulating cardiomyocyte death, 
but novel therapies are still lacking. G-protein-coupled receptor kinases, or GRKs, are involved in cardiac injury and failure and are therefore promising therapeutic targets for these diseases. In a translational research article, the role of G-protein-coupled receptor kinase 4 in cardiomyocyte injury after myocardial infarction, Liang Peng Li from the Daping Hospital in Chongqing, China, and colleagues explored the role of GRK4 in the pathogenesis and progression of MI. Transgenic mice with overexpression of human GRK4 wild-type or human GRK4A486V variant had a larger myocardial infarction and enhanced cardiac dysfunction and remodeling. In contrast, the MI-induced cardiac dysfunction and remodeling were ameliorated in cardiomyocyte-specific GRK4 knockout mice. GRK4 overexpression in cardiomyocytes aggravated apoptosis and repressed autophagy. The authors conclude that GRK4 increases cardiomyocyte injury during MI by inhibiting autophagy and promoting cardiomyocyte apoptosis. These effects are mediated by phosphorylation of HDA-C4 and a decrease in Becklin-1 expression. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Walter Koch from the Jefferson Medical College in Philadelphia, USA. The authors note that the study by Lee and colleagues certainly poses an important question as to whether development of selective GRK4 inhibitors is warranted. This is an important question as three GRKs have now been found to be pathologically upregulated in the heart after injury. On the mechanistic front, it will be important to delineate the upstream factors driving the adverse HDA-C4 interaction and nuclear accumulation of GRK4. They conclude that Li and colleagues have added important information shedding new light on how GRKs fuel the fire of heart failure. In a state-of-the-art review article entitled The Association Between Coronary Graft Patency and Clinical Status in Patients with Coronary Artery Disease, Mario Gaudina from the Whale Cornell Medical Center in New York, USA and colleagues further discuss this subject. In this systematic review, the authors summarize the evidence on the association between graft status and clinical outcomes. They note that the concept of direct association between coronary graft patency and clinical status is generally accepted. However, the relationship is more complex and variable than usually thought. Key issues are the lack of a common definition of graft occlusion and of a standardized imaging protocol for patients submitted to coronary bypass surgery. Factors like type of graft, timing of occlusion and amount of myocardium at risk, as well as baseline patient characteristics, modulate the patency to clinical status association. The available evidence suggests that graft occlusion is more often associated with non-fatal events rather than death. The issue is further complemented by two discussion forum contributions. In an article entitled, Is Coronary Flow Velocity Reserve Just a Marker of Higher Atherosclerotic Burden? Francesco Radico from the Institute of Cardiology, G. D'Annunzio University in Chieti, Italy, and colleagues comment on the recent publication entitled 
Coronary Flow Velocity Reserve predicts adverse prognosis in women with angina and no obstructive coronary artery disease. Results from the iPower study by Jakob Schroeder from the University of Copenhagen in Denmark and colleagues. Schroeder and colleagues respond in a separate contribution. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its listeners.